Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have a second-time visitor... Mr. Ted Lancaster. Ted, we had so much fun the first time we did this. We're like, we should do it again. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did, right? And so, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. I know the topic is very near and dear to my heart. So, and it is so time, I guess, appropriate, (laughs) especially going into this fourth quarter that is just, this is just a big, big, or at least should be a big strategy for a lot of people out there. Um, I know I'm teasing a little bit about the topic today, but before I get too far into it, uh, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and don't know kind of how you got started in the industry and kind of your background, I thought it'd be fun to kick it off with an origin story. So, uh, Ted, what is the origin story that is Ted Lancaster? (laughs) So uh, after a tiny hockey career, um, I got into the auto industry and I started as a salesperson working at uh, a GM dealership in St. Catharines. Uh, From there, I moved to um, a Honda store, which led me to my first OEM role for Honda Canada out in Western, uh, out in the Western side of the country, which was fantastic. I had a huge territory to manage, but I learned an awful lot. Uh, listened an awful lot, uh, and then helped launch Mitsubishi in Canada. I was the 13th employee with Mitsubishi Canada when they came to, to <laughs> That's so Canada. Cool. Yeah, it is. It's 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 neat to say that you were there at the onset, and we got our dealer signed up. And um, from there, I was uh, taken back to Toronto with Mits as a d- director of sales operations. Um, worked for Mercedes-Benz, uh, Delari Group, then uh, Nissan. Uh, Kia, COO of Kia Canada, uh, did some consulting with um, a dealer, large dealer group that was looking at purchasing dealerships in the U.S. and we got them a dealership down in South mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, and then 401 Auto Group and Plaza. And, you know, it seems like I've jumped around, but I mean, each one has been <laughs> an opportunity to educate myself. And and now, you know, I, I've landed with my own company and, you know, it's been so far a successful launch and we're quite excited to, uh, to talk about it here today, really. You know, I got to ask you, man, it's um, because I did the same thing, right? I mean, I, I've been, uh, look, I was working for a bunch of companies. I was, I was VP, VP of marketing. I was general manager. I was GSM. I was I, like, I, and then one day I decided to take that dive and just jump into the pool of uh, entrepreneur life. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I know I want to get into the topic, but I love hearing this because I find we all have very interesting stories. Like, T- tell me a little bit about that that moment when you're like, screw it, I'm going to do this myself. Like, I'm just curious for yeah. yourself, like, how did that go down? You know, it was one of those things where I, I was quite happy. I mean, I, in, I enjoyed working with um, with the Stein family. I mean, been in business for 65 years. And, and uh, you know, recently, sadly, uh, Rob's father, um, Herb, passed away, who was really an icon in the industry. Yeah, yes, he um, was. But it, it was one of those things where I'd always dabbled in like the technology side of the business. And, you know, I, I had listened to Rob talk about changing systems and we were in the midst of, of vetting some new uh, website providers and some new CRM providers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was always kind of spinning in the background with um, a colleague of mine. What, what would 
new technology look like and, and what where were their opportunities? And, you know, I really just had one of those moments where I said, I, I got to do this. You know, we've, we've kind of proven the methodology. We've tested the methodology. Um, it, it seems to be very functional. It, it seems almost, um, you know, to me, it, it was one of those things where it came across as, if I don't do this and get it out, I'm not going to be able to help dealers to the level that I would like. And I really do enjoy helping dealers. Um, and at the same time, it helps consumers and it helps that customer experience. Uh, and so I just, you know, we talked about, could we do it? And, and myself and the partners that I have said, I think we can. So off we went. Uh, and, you know, it took some time to get to a point where we could yeah. launch and release. <laughs> You know, a little bit longer than what we thought. But, it's it's um, always that way, yep. <laughs> always that way. But we were happy, you know, it was really rewarding because the delay allowed us to layer in a few extra essential aspects that, um, you know, have been very well received by the market so far that we've, you know, to the people that we've shown it to. And um, so it's it's very exciting right now. Very exciting. Well, well, Ted, I mean, that doesn't necessarily surprise me that that was kind of some one of the big motivators for you was to really kind of give back to you know, the automotive industry. I mean, we're both kind of in that same boat that, you know, this amazing industry has has gifted us with so much. Yes. So, you know, when we have an opportunity to give something back in the form of service or product, you know, and still be able to provide a healthy living for ourselves, it's 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 a really cool place to be in. And, and you know, you've always been that guy that's just just reach out, let's do this. I mean, you're, you're active with us on Strategy Mob. It's just, you know, you, you have this operational understanding, this strategic understanding, and you're, you're not, um, you're definitely not, uh, um, you know, shy about just saying, hey, you need help? I'll, I'll jump in. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're, you you're, you're right in it. You're head first into the pool. Like I feel like a lot of us are kind of in that 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 entrepreneurial type space. So it's it's so awesome. And and I and I do really want to kind of uh, get into you know what you guys done because I think what you guys have done is is pretty darn cool. Yeah. And it's so timely right now. I mean, like I understand it's it's all about you know that that opportunity generating you know strategies. And right now, going into Q4, like, I mean, look, when I first started in the business, nobody told me that there was, that this was a seasonal thing. <laughs> like, I remember I started in the summer and I was like getting my first commission check. I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. It's like, and it kept happening, it kept happening. And then as the weather got colder, I was like, wait a second, what the hell is going on? Where, where, where did all the customers go? <laughs> you know, and, and I just feel like, you know, as an industry, we're not amazing. We're not amazing at being proactive. So anything that can help us or any strategy can help us to be proactive um, is key to, I think, success for all dealerships out there. But I'd love to kind of get your thought on, you know, opportunity generation or generating opportunities that, that that's type of strategy. What does that necessarily mean for you? Well, for us, what we did is we really looked at, well, I, digressing a little bit, the, the, the concept and idea really comes from listening to dealers. And, and, you know, there's some dealers out there will say, Ted, you did not listen to what I said. I, I actually did. <laughs> um, nice. And, and what they were saying is, you know, we have all these tools and, you know, I, could, I wish I could get my salespeople to use them. I wish my CRM was being used to its fullest potential. Um, I wish I could get my salespeople to go engage with service clients. Um, I'm spending so much money, but I don't think I'm getting the value out of the tools that I'm using. Mm -hmm. So, you know, question one is, well, how can we create one where a dealer feels like he is getting value out of the tools that he's using? And 
you know, the, the nice thing about CRMs is they're great at managing in, you know, um, customer database, they're great at managing process. Um, but a lot of them have so much data that a lot of it never gets used. So what we did is we thought, how can we leverage the data that comes out of the DMS and pull it into a system that then allows the dealer to see out of all the customers in his database, which ones are the most the most opportune to reach out to. And it's not just about mm-hmm. sales. So our system will pull customers that are in equity positions. Our system will pull customers that are coming in for service. So rather than sending that salesperson back to service to look at the customers coming in and then going back to the database and looking up their deal file and then taking the new programs and calculating out, rather than doing that, our system does all that. Um, then you will have service customers. So from a service standpoint, when we look at opportunities there, it's who hasn't visited in the last 12 months. So defector list will come up. Who, um, who might be ready for service? So we saw them six months ago and they're probably due for service. What about a dealership that delivers a car in May of 2020 and it's now November and they don't have their first service book because we forgot to do it at the start or it's just not part of our process? Well, it's going to flag it and say, you should be reaching out to this customer before they become a defector. And then what about um, potential lost opportunity or rejected service where customer was offered a break service, they said no, but because it's written into the, you know, into the line items of the, of the RO, it's now in, in, it's captured within the DMS and we capture all those lines of data and we pull it back and we say, you should be reaching out to this customer for those purposes. We have uh, warranty is another good one that a lot of companies overlook. So if you are within 10,000 kilometers or six months of your warranty expiring, ours creates a list and says, your business office should be reaching out to these customers because they are you know, almost almost at the end of their manufacturer's warranty. And this would be a good opportunity for you to either sell them extended warranty or potentially talk to them about trading the vehicle in and get a vehicle with full warranty. So you know, thousands of data points are all touched and pulled and then aggregated and placed into buckets that are easily functional and in two, three clicks. Uh, you could have a deal sheet with an offer for a customer in equity and send it to them. And all it is is a non-intrusive, not over-the-top sales pitch. It's just a, from time to time, we, we mine our database basically and we look at customers that are in a favorable position and this happens to be you and here's what your estimated trade value is and here's what your new deal would look like. Um, and we set parameters like current payment plus 5% as an example. And That's all those cool. like that. flagged that are in the dealer's database. So it's, it's, it's a really neat tool that um, I think a lot of dealers would find very functional. I mean, you go back to what happened this year with, with COVID and, you know, a lot of it was customers not being able to come in. Well, if you had this tool during that time, um, you'd be able to run this in the background and you'd be able to reach out to existing customers and say, no, it's a difficult time right now, but here's just an opportunity I wanted to let you know about and stay in contact with your customers and really provide them a valuable service. And you know what it is, it's, it's a very uh, laser guided approach. 
You know, you know what I mean? Too, too often, too often in our industry, <laughs> I was, I'm saying it, and then I was thinking about a meeting I had the other day where I actually had to sit down in a meeting and talk about a, a mail drop that this dealer group was going to do, and it was going to be a 30,000 piece mail drop, which you know the expense of mail is not yep. cheap. And I'm just going, why, why am I here? <laughs> what is going on right now? Is Ashton Kircher going to jump out of the closet? Am I being punked? Like, do do yeah. we still think that this is this is a good idea? And it's I, I find what it is. It's um, you know what it is, Ted. I I hate to say it, but I actually think it there there it's a little bit of fear. Like, there's accountability in knowing, right? Yep, of course. Like like it, look if like and it's all the data. If the data says that there are these many opportunities. All right. Knowing that is knowledge, knowledge is accountability. So, you know, it's almost, God, it's going to sound bad saying this, but it, it almost, it, it's almost easier to go into it blind, blindly and just say, we're just going to drop this, this, this campaign over the zip codes and just say, okay, well, you know, we did our job, you know, we checked off the box, you know? Yep. Um, but, but when, what, when the data is telling me like, no, here's, Here's 70 opportunities over here. Here's 19 opportunities over here. Here are 172 opportunities here. Like, it's like now as a, as a dealer, like I am now responsible or I'm for that knowledge. I'm, I have to be held accountable for that. Do you find that one of the reasons that our industry does not embrace the data that we have, because we do, we have so many touch points when it comes to data, uh, yeah. you know, between when they service with us and when they buy parts with us and the frequency of it and the dollar amount of it and, and you know, how often they've, you know, return their lease and get a new one. Like there's just there's so much there. And it's just like... But I feel like we're almost like, like data denial. Like we just want to like, yeah, just don't talk to me about that. How do we get dealers out there that I'm going to call they're in that data denial space? They would rather do that 30,000 piece drop versus actually getting laser targeted. How do we convert them? I, th I think it goes back to the same things you find with um, with salespeople at times, and not just salespeople. I think it's it's not unique to the auto industry. But we the, the line I I always like, and my dad used it quite a bit, was the path of least resistance. Right. So if if we can do it the way we've always been doing it, and that's the path of least resistance, because I can call somebody up and take care of it for me, um, and this is what I want, and they do the mark. You know, they do the. Um, they do the marketing behind it and they do the look and the feel and everything. And then it just gets posted and we drop it. Um, that's, that's easy. What's not easy is, is going into a lot of systems nowadays and, and being proactive at pulling the data. And what we've done is it's that kind of gap between, you know, there's some very functional CRMs out there. There really are. And a lot of them can pull a ton of data but you have to manually pull it over and it's not simplistic. What we've done is we don't go through the CRM. We go right into the DMS and we're pooling all of this together and spitting it out such that with, you know, when you go to the customer field, for example, and you pull up a customer, you can see what they bought, how many vehicles they purchased, how many times they've serviced, what they serviced, what their um, CP was, what the warranty was, uh, and you can look at the entire service history and know what each service contained. And what we really did is, you know, you talk about that denial. It's, I don't think it's denial so much as ease. If you can make it easy, mm, yeah, you can true. make it smooth uh, and, and structured so that 
in a few clicks, you can have access to that type of detail. Then you can win dealers over that have been resistant to it. It's just, you know, when, when we were asking what are some of the frustrations, you know, some of the feedback we had from dealer principals was, you know, why aren't my salespeople using the CRM for all that it's offering? Why, what are they doing when they're not working with a customer, right? Why are they not engaging my service clients? You know, and all these questions are easily answered. They, they don't want to spend the time to research to be able to go and, and talk with the, the service customers. Um, the CRM's got great information, but it might be complicated to, to navigate. Uh, and we just felt that we could pull all that together and make it very easy. Uh, and because we've made it easy, we've had great, um, you know, our initial meetings with dealers have resulted very favorably in uh, some adoption. And um, the dealers that are using it have, have provided great feedback and, and they're wanting more, which is nice, you know, and we've got more to come in, in 2021, which is, is, you know, the nature of technology, you keep expanding. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I liken it to uh, an article I read about, about Apple and, and their iPhone and iPad. And, you know, it's great because mm-hmm. the iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, the new iPhone came out. Well, guess what? That's kind of two models later than what they're actually working on. They're, they're actually on, you know, iteration 14 and we're at 12 or 11, whatever it is. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to stay um, as, as a company that's going to continue to advance. And, you know, the nice thing is we, we get dealers on now and they grow with us. And they'll have a, a suite of products that is, you know, one-stop shop and does everything for them. And it just closes loops on a bunch of different systems. Cause you've got dealers that have marketing oh systems. Oh my gosh. That's I, I, you CRM. know what, I, I call it the soup. Yeah. They you have know, it's so cause many, you have so yep. many different systems reporting, yep. you know, simultaneously, you know, at it, you know, actually that's a good point because look, I, I, I think there are people that, um, like I was saying earlier, that are kind of in that 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 data data denial. Uh, yep. But I actually think there's another one where it's like data indifferent, where it's just like, well, I have seven different systems telling me that you know I need to do this, this, and this, and it's like the, you know the manager kind of gets to a point where it's like I just don't give a crap what these systems say. All right, you know I'm just going to you know I I've been running my dealership this way for the last 25 years. And I'm going to run it, continue to do it this way. So like you know what do you say to the people out there that you know just like I, I think there are people that just don't believe the data is true. <laughs> Like they're not an opportunity. It's not an opportunity unless they're actually sitting in front of my desk, um, you know. And then there's the ones that are just kind of like, I don't really care. It's I, I, I'm still look. I've been doing things my way, and I'll always continue to do my way. So like, what's your approach with dealers? You know, with that type of management or that type of mentality at a, at a, at a dealership? Well, you know, it's funny. We 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 we've dealt with with dealers like that, um, and one of the dealers that we are are you know, we're actually in their dealership and they're actively using it. Uh, I think it was after the first week or so, we always do our follow-up and want to make sure that the system is running right. We check back, are there any, you know, issues or struggles, need more training? And we asked them, you know, how'd, how'd you like it so far? Uh, and the one uh, assistant sales manager said, it was great. He, he printed the deal sheet. He went into service. The customer was coming in for service. He sat down, he gave her the deal sheet, which just, you know, really shows what the new offer is and what their old vehicle looks like, the trade in all the different key points. Um, and the customer looked at him and said, where did you get this? 
And he said, <laughs> it's, it's a new tool that we have. It, it goes into our, our dealer management system and it pulls all the customer information. And, uh, and the customer's feedback was, this is really impressive. I, I, I just, to think that you have all this information and you're able to share it with me, um, it, it basically the word that the customer used was validity. It added a lot of validity to what he was saying about her opportunity to, to get out of the vehicle. Now, didn't result in a sale that's, because that's they were- true. Only, I mean, that data does provide oh, transparency, sure. right? Yeah, because it's their data. Keep in mind, even though it's housed in the dealer's DMS, we're taking um, their existing vehicle, uh, the agreement that they reached within the, you know, so whatever's put in the, the DMS system, uh, the finance rate, the term, the dollar spent, the down payment, all the information that the dealer had collected, they're keeping retained. And, and you know, we meet all Castle and Pepita requirements. Um, and, and they're just, all we're doing is we're just organizing it in such a manner that they can, in a, in a few clicks, see exactly what the opportunity lies for that customer and present a very clean, um, you know, very professional looking uh, offer sheet to, to the customer where it's not a hard sell. Um, we, when we were talking about how should it look, we wanted to look almost like you were sitting with your, in, uh, your investment banker or, or um, you know, or, or a, a summary of, of investments where, you know, it shows the most important data. There's a, a very nice message on it about, you know, what we do as an organization, making sure that our customers are looked after and letting them know about opportunities to, you know, get in and out of their vehicles, new vehicles are out of their old one at the right time. Uh, and it's really serving, you know, the customer the best that you possibly can, because a lot of customers, you know, I think what they do is they look at cars and they say, look at the technology changes. And this might be somebody that's in a 2018, let's say, and they look at the twenties or the 21s and they say, Oh, I wish I had that feature. I wish I had that feature. Mm -hmm, yeah. And they go on and because they don't know their trade value, because they don't exactly know what their payout is, um, they just look and think it's too expensive for them to switch from one to the other. What our system does is it basically disproves that you need to worry about that, that really there's a lot of equity opportunities because the OEMs, as their programs change, our system changes. And we get those updates as rapidly as the OEMs are making changes. Well, that's super important. It's that real-time effort, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the nice thing. You know, when we, when we demonstrate the, the product, if you're in a deal, um, or deal sheet and you're in the, you know, or optimizing and you're looking at down payment trade value, let's say the customer's got lower kilometers than what we expect. You can go in, you can adjust the trade and it automatically adjusts the deal sheet and automatically adjusts, you know, what the payment will look like with a higher trade, a lower trade, money down, any of those variables. So it really becomes a very effective quoting tool. If you end up getting the customer on the phone, you can do it in real time and send them the deal sheet in real time. And the other thing is that our systems, um, we, we, we work with AWS, uh, and we capture every stream of communication it's logged and that way, you know, those, those interactions, which you've been a part of, I'm sure. And I know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as I say this, many dealers are going to hear this. Your salesperson told me I could get this for free. My salesperson <laughs> told me it was this no, much for the that, trade. That doesn't ever happen. Does it come on? That happens once in a while. <laughs> But if you use the system for, for what it's capable of, you can't be misquoted because it's all logged. And you can go back and you can track and see when a deal sheet was sent out. You can see what the communication was, what the texts were. Um, and it really protects the dealer and it protects the customer at the same time. So these were some of the things that we found dealers talking to us about that didn't function in their existing systems that, that ours provides to them at this point in time. 
Well, and I think it's so cool that you really you took the time to listen to the dealer and then built the tech based on what, um, on really what their needs were, right, or the pain points were. Um, yep. Now, one of the things I always run into is like, a tool is only as good as how well someone uses it. Yep. And, and I've, that it has always kind of been the downside with automotive tech, right? I mean, you know, I have a great marketing tool called Bumper, and we have a website solution called Glovebox, and they're great tools, but they're only as good as how well someone's going to use them. And and I'm always fearful when a dealership tells me that, you know, they're signing up with this new widget or this new tool or this new solution, you know, and because the, then my next question is, great, what is the process behind the utilization of that? And then I come to find out they just kind of look at me with a blank face and like, well, I mean, the, the tool, you know, the, it, the tool's gonna do it, <laughs> like, and but but I find like if we don't embed the usage of any type of tech into our processes, then the tech just becomes an expensive paperweight. And you've seen yep. expensive paperweights all the time. See, dealership. Yep. She said dealership the other day we spent eighteen hundred dollars on an expensive paperweight that hadn't been used in eight months since the previous manager had left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how do you go about that? Like, how do you how do you ensure that it's a process first and tech second, and the tech is what really kind of supports the process? So, I'll give you I'll give you a couple good news stories very very quickly. The um, mm -hmm. the first few demos that I've actually gone and done with dealers, one of the first things that each person has asked is, "Can I check and see what my salespeople have done? Can I can I look and see?" how they've engaged and who they've engaged with. And the answer to that is, is yes, our system does allow you to go in and look at each individual user and see, you know, what their engagement level has been. So the good news is these are GMs and dealers that want to be able to see that their people are using the system. So that's encouraging. With, with yeah, regard really to cool. how do we ensure that the process is followed? I look at it this way and, and here's kind of the conversations that I've had with some, some of the dealers I've spoken to so far. If we could provide a tool that made it easier for your salespeople to sell cars and engage customers, would that be a valuable tool? And the answer each time is yes. So making this a process is really showing the ease of functionality because when you ask salespeople, and you and I have talked about this in the past, that mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. they're, they're, the challenges that we see in the industry right now is you know, OEMs keep adding significant tech and they're doing a fantastic job and dealers continue to invest and they're doing a fantastic job. But all of these things cost money. And the unfortunately, the margins that dealers used to work with have shrunk over the years. And it's it's tough to hire staff and, and, and you know, put them in a position where they make enough money to survive and feel relatively comfortable. This product will help them do that. It will reduce expense and, and wasted time of, of salespeople. For salespeople, it's certainly easier for them to access the information and go have a conversation with a customer, or even if they may be somewhat fearful of just walking into service, they can send it to the customer in advance. I know you're coming in for service. Please take a look because That's all the appointments cool. are listed on, on the landing page. So, you know, when you look at the dashboard, the way it's laid out, the ease of functionality, if salespeople can't honestly log in in the morning and then two or three clicks know exactly who they should be reaching out to and engage, you know, 10, 15, 20 clients. It's probably a good indicator that 
they, they're not the right people for your business and, and you can start fresh with somebody else or assign, you know, um, assign those customers that that salesperson did have to, to new people that are willing to do it. It will reduce personnel expense because it does take, um, it, it does create an opportunity for those that engage customers and want to grow their, uh, I guess, their database of customers and, and aren't afraid to engage under any circumstance. It makes it very easy for them to do it. And that's really what we were looking for is make it as simple as possible because that's what we've heard. That's what we've been told is the challenge is getting them to go through a complex system to get to a certain point to engage a consumer. We've made it easy to do that. So I think we've eliminated 70%, 80% of what the biggest challenge is in our industry. And you know what? I, I think you, you hit a nail on the head uh, when you said kind of the, the, the right person. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to say that there's a silver lining to, to COVID-19 you know, to this coronavirus, like, it, but there is. <laughs> like, it's created you know, change and it's it, created it, That's right. Change. Okay. That's what that is. See, it, this, this, this snowball of change because as an industry, we were forced to change. All right. Um, I guess almost kind of gave us an opportunity to really take a look at how we structure our dealership, how the team is structured and is the, the team that I have right now, the right team that is going to bring me the results that I'm looking for moving forward as the customers change. The customers just change so much. You know, the the the, the requirements as far as communication efforts is, is insane, you know, but as an industry, I think we adopted so fast to that, which was awesome. Um, you know, and I think the customer is just going to continue to expect a much deeper, more transparent, more data-driven, you know, sales process that has not existed in the past. And I hate to say it, but there, that does probably mean that there are some people that are working at dealerships right now that may not be the right person. So this is what, this is my question for you, Ted, is both of us are in line. And I think a lot of our listeners and people that are watching right now probably agree with us that having a very data-driven approach to everything they do is is going to get them to a place where they can process their way to profitability, but that process has to be executed well, and I need a team to do that. Moving forward, how does a dealership, you know, I guess, obtain or hire or track those individuals that are going to execute those type of process that are required? Well, I think there's a couple things. And I mean, I, I love talking about my product, and whether it's mine or another one, um, I think the first thing that you do, hire people that might be new to the business and then show them the system that you have and show them the mm -hmm. full functionality yeah. of it to get to a point where you want to be. If you do that, they don't know anything other than what you've trained them on and their ability to work through that process um, with the tools that you're spending you know, valuable money on becomes you know, significantly more of a benefit to you as a business because you've got somebody that has engaged in that right from the start. You can hire people that worked at different companies, but you have to take the time to, to show them and train them on the tools that you have. Uh, and, you know, I, I believe that there's different ways in which um, dealers should look at the, the salesperson, how to manage uh, their income to, to make them feel welcomed. Uh, you know, I've talked with a couple of dealers and we talked about this last time. Yeah. I'm a big believer that, you know, give them a salary and then pay them based on volume. And, you know, they have a level of comfort knowing they're going to make at least minimum wage. And then they know that they're going to make 
um, bonuses based on tiering that they, you know, as they sell more cars, they'll make more money. Uh, and I think that's one way to, to go about it. Another dealer group that I've talked to, they've gone a little bit different where they're hiring people that can, all they're looking for, can you smile? Are you perky? Are you happy going to work? And do you want to meet people and have a good time? And their whole concept is we're going to have CSRs that are going to greet people. They're going to help set up appointments. They're going to bring them into the dealership, set them up for test drive, do all that fun stuff. And then when it's time to talk about numbers, they're going to get passed on to their, their management team. You know, and that one's be- an interesting one for me. I, 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 I It's so funny because the first model you talked about is one that I've always been a big fan of. And this is even when I read my dealership, my Mitsubishi dealership, exactly what I did. You know, I paid them a salary with very, very clear, clear, like defined expectations of the processes that were required to maintain that salary. And then I'd bonus them on on the volume. So it's like I, I paid them for the efforts, bonus them on the results, which yeah. the old model is kind of the polar opposite, right? Um, yeah. But I like this new one, and it, almost kind of funny to think of, maybe it's the same group that both me and you know, um, but but that, that idea of, you, you, there's kind of two parts to that sales process. There is the, 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 the presentation or the experience person, right? Yep. And then there's the actual transaction person, and I, I, I hate. I think I'm leaning. If I was to go start another dealership right now, I think that's actually the direction I would go. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's benefits to both. I mean, when you think about um, different types of retail outlets, you know, you often talk with person A, but then you go and you check out with person B, uh, and and person B, if they're doing a, their job, you know, we have socks at the counter, we have this, you know, if it's clothing we have socks, we have this, would you like to add one of these? You know, it, it's it's really putting the role of the CSR um, as the person that's that face of the company to start with and, and make sure that the, the consumer's greeted in the best possible light um, available to them. So, you know, you have somebody friendly, you have somebody welcoming, it's all about the customer's needs and wants and, and we're there just to get give them the best experience we can. Well, then, then, you, then you actually get to play on people's talents, right? Like, of course, of course. Like I said, th- this this one dealer is is really saying, you know, all I want to do is I want to hire happy, friendly people that just enjoy engaging with others, and and that's kind of the job description. And then they train on here's how the customer comes in, here's what we want you to do: set the appointment, follow up with the customer, make sure that they're well taken care of, walk them through service, do all the things that we want our salespeople to do that you know they're not necessarily doing now. But now you've taken that negotiation back and forth out of the hands of the CSR. They are just there to make sure that the entire process of learning and being educated on the vehicle is as sound as possible. Now you want to talk about the the, the money side of it and how much it's going to cost, et cetera. Now you go to somebody who has some experience dealing with that and you, you eliminate back and forth because once you've had the experience of the demonstration, once you've had the experience of the, um, product review, all of those elements are finished. Now go to one more person and let's let's get this finalized. How can we help you reach your goal of this vehicle? And, you know, I, I haven't heard back as to how it's going for the dealer, but I know that he's testing it in, in one of his stores. And, and from what I understand, it's been not too bad. I mean, I, I talked with one of the sales managers last week and he said it's been a pretty unique experience and, and he liked our product um, as a means to help support what they're doing. So, you know, I, I, I think there's different ways right now and we have to modify. I mean, 
the world's continuing to change. I mean, it's it's never that's a nice thing about our business, right? Constant <laughs> so true. involvement of the industry. I mean, you look at the products, the technology that's going into cars nowadays. Um, it, it it just we need people that um, want to go to work, want to have fun, and make the purchase experience really fantastic for the individual. It's all about customer experience now. Oh no, you know what? I, I'm I'm hundred percent with you, and that, that customer experience is. I mean, it really is the key to success for, for I mean, both of us had the opportunity to visit many, many, many dealerships in our career. And, you know, I, I know it sounds hokey and corny a little bit, but I'm, I'm telling you, the most successful dealerships I've ever been in, all right, really do have this whole experience, understanding deeply embedded into their every single one of their processes, all the way down to how someone even answers the phone. Yeah. Um, now. I'm going to throw something at you because it's come up recently in some of my consulting efforts, and I'm currently working with a dealer group on it right now, is the, the, the tech demand, all right, on managers has, has never been higher, okay? Yep. The, the amount of systems and tech that we have to use between our, DS, our DMS systems and our CRM systems and our opportunity generating our mining systems and our websites and our, our, our digital marketing analytics. And it's just, it is getting so much to the point where, you know, I have this group, you know, coming to me and they go, look, we, we have some amazing managers, uh, but they're just, they're just at an age where it's just, they don't feel comfortable that they can execute the tech requirement the demand yeah and i'm like and i'm thinking at first i was kind of like well you know okay we'll go find new people and then then but then i took back i sat back and i and i thought about it for a second i'm like but you know th that is right it's kind of no different than what we're talking about the salesperson here is that there's almost two different types of sales kind of individuals required here there's that experience one and then there's the actual you know transaction person right so I, i'm yeah. i'm thinking because tech is not slowing down in fact it's just going to get even if the demand for our managers to understand and embrace tech on a regular basis and data on a regular basis is just going to continue to grow uh, i've actually now we're working through a process with these dealers this dealer group to to kind of re-educate, retrain, and restructure the the floor managers one into a transaction manager. It really has to do with the now, like the this right given moment. What I got to deal with right now in front of me, the appointments that are up on the board today, I need to deal with the now. And then the other manager, which is we're finding happens to be usually the, the younger <laughs> manager of the group, we're calling them the the growth manager, yeah. which is really then the person who is focusing on the two weeks from now, the 30 days from now, uh, sure. do you think that, uh, first off, I'm curious to see what your thoughts on that model is. And, and do you think that's a direction that we could potentially be heading and moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think, look, my, my big thing is the one, the one item I would ask anybody to consider listening to the, to the podcast is, is continue to adopt and adapt. Um, so adopt new technologies, adapt to changing environments. And, you know, throughout my career, I've watched a number of changes happen. You know, I, I remember one of our salespeople throwing the keys on the roof, um, and he wasn't going to let the customer go until <laughs> he bought a car, yeah. you know, I'll climb up and get those once we've finalized a deal Th that just can't happen now. It might, but it really shouldn't happen now. Um, but I learned from, um, a sales manager in Winnipeg of all things. Um, and, you know, he was quite a bit older than I was when I was visiting him when I was with Honda in my early days. 
And, and he was very savvy on the internet as it was starting to really start to become robust mm -hmm. and technology mm -hmm. and cell phones and everything like that. And I said, you know, like, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm so pleased to see you adapting to technology. And he said, look, he said, every one of these salespeople out there wants to be a manager and every one of them is younger and learning more technology than I am. If I don't keep up with it, I'll get left behind. Um, and, and I think he's still selling to this day. And, you know, I loved what he said there. And I've tried to do that throughout my career, which is learn and adapt. And um, that's why I'm in this space that I am right now, because I love the technology side. Anything that can help us um, or help a dealer, help his people sell more cars, make customers more happy in the end is, is something that should be embraced. And, you know, I will go back to that same Honda period where Honda had a program called Webby. It was web intelligence. And myself and one of my colleagues were very, very savvy in it. And then there were two other DSMs at the time with us, a little bit older that just hated it because it was different. It was technology and they really didn't want to learn it. But what we did is we worked in concert with one another where David and I could pull the data and we would support them with that. And then they would help us with processes that they'd used in the past to help, whether it was sell some wholesale or help dealers with new ideas or marketing concepts. And, and it really works well. So what you're talking yeah, about- It's like that old school, new school kind of combination, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, and you know, there, there are things that I'm still learning without question. Um, and there are things that I can pass on to people that are younger than me that might be more technologically advanced, but they don't understand, you know, how to manage the technology that they're having to their best benefit. And that's where, you know, I, I think your idea that you're talking about where you can have somebody that's part of a growth and they look at the future and they look at how does the technology help build for that. And then the other person is there really to guide through the process side of things. I think that can work. It's really just making sure that you've got two people that are compatible with one another and two people that are willing to learn from one another. And, and ultimately what you get to is two people that now understand the technology, use the technology and understand the process and use the process. And that's ultimately what you're shooting for. It's just making sure that they work well together. Well, and you know, and the other thing too is I, I think it, it takes uh, that... That, that concept of being proactive <laughs> and now you're processing your proactive efforts, right? Like, you know, you, we're all know, we all know that the industry is reactive, but we're trying to get away from being reactive. And it's like, how do we shed 20 pounds? Well, it's, it's routine and process. And it's like, if we can process proactiveness, <laughs> is that a word? If not, I just made one up. Um, <laughs> then, then it will get done on a regular basis. Um, Ted, I, I know it's towards the tail end of our time, and, and I think we touched on some amazing subjects today, and it really is about dealerships embracing their data, embracing their tech, embracing the technology, and ensuring that it's processed very well into their current team, and, and maybe even need to rethink the current team model from how the sales, you know, uh, integration and experience is to how the management is going to work together. I mean, this is just some great, great topics today. But before I let you go, for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and learn more about, you know, this tech that you guys have built out, you know, what's the best way to do so? Um, so they can, uh, they can reach out to me directly, ted at cordealerservices.com. Uh, they can visit the website, 
www.coredealerservices.com. Uh, and, and again, I mean, I think, look, I, I'd love to spend, you know, another 15, 20 minutes yeah, plugging the product, but, but, but really all I would say is, you know, there, there are very strong technologies out there, um, that are a benefit to the business and, and don't be afraid of them. I think if you embrace them in the right way, they're, they're going to prove to be, um, helpful and beneficial to the business and provide an overall better customer experience. I think our products really, really strong. And, and obviously I'd like to share it with as many dealers as I can. And, you know, we're, we're not limited to Canada, which is nice. So we can branch out wherever we need to. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, it's, uh, times continue to change and evolve and, and our job right now with my company, um, and my team is to make sure that the products that we're providing are, are going to meet the needs of the changing environment and be, um, be kind of a one-stop shop where you don't have to have multiple different vendors and multiple different, um, communication keys and things like that, that can mess up information. Everything's going to be housed in one. Um, and we'll have some pretty slick products in 2021 on top of what we already have, which is very exciting. That is so cool. And it is all about evolving. Like it, it really is. I mean, any company out there that just kind of stands still over time, it just never works. And, I, and, and it's funny is, as our industry, I think we were doing that for a while. And, yeah. you know, COVID has forced us to get out of our comfort zone and really embrace that snowball effect of change. And it's just, it is so cool to see companies like yours kind of come into that place to support that, that, that change, you know? Hey, uh, uh, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a ton of fun. You have yourself a great day. Thanks very much, Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.